it's made me think about how I can do bigger things beyond mm-hmm. podcasting, not sitting behind a mic, but I, my life has been interacting with people in so many different ways. And so through podcasting and through the seeing the reaction that I'm getting and the response that I'm getting from, from different people who have been scared to ask questions or didn't know how to approach anything or all of this, it's giving me so many ideas for outreach and new jobs and Mm. new, new output to, to create. And that is one of the coolest things. Um, And I don't know where any of that is going to go, but I'm really excited about it. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Get ready to hear at least one way to attract more loyal listeners and profit from your podcast. Remember, though, none of what we say can help you if you don't take action. So let's make it easy. If you're new to the show, go to nextstepnation.com slash listener for show notes and a free podcast budget worksheet. For our loyal listeners who want to stop dabbling and start dominating, visit nextstepnation.com slash get started to learn more about how we can help you hit your targets in the next 100 days. Now here's the show. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, and welcome to Next Up Nation, a show that features podcasters and pros like you who share their successes and challenges to inspire, inform, and entertain you as you expand your influence. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I am so excited to welcome Christoph Zajak Denick, producer and host of the podcast, I'm Kind of a Big Deal. Christoph is from Metro Detroit, Michigan. He was born with cartilage hair hypoplasia, started seeing dwarfism, a a dwarfism specialist at age two and had two reconstructive leg surgeries once at age six and again at 16, then a spinal fusion the next year. But Christoph has a lot of exciting things. In addition to that, that he had going on, he was a TV producer for a local community station or for local community stations, was a drummer in a rock band thus the leather jacket that I'm wearing today, of course. <laughs> and, um, and that band toured the U S and Europe for six years. After that, he moved to Hollywood to pursue music and ended up working in the acting and film industry. Christoph started his podcast a year ago about the unique lives of people affected by dwarfism. Christoph, welcome. Hey, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, I am so glad to have you here. Like I said earlier, I just love your enthusiasm and I know you've got a lot of things going on and with your podcast and I'm excited to hear more about it. So thanks for coming. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share. Awesome. Awesome. One thing that you shared uh, ahead of time, something that not a lot of people know is that you are hopelessly addicted to surfing. So do you get to surf a lot now or what? I mean, you're in the mountains right now. I feel like we just talked about uh, before we went on air about you seeing a bear and all these other things. So I'm trying to connect those two together. Do you get a lot of chances to surf? I make as many chances happen as possible. I, yes, hopeless is the best way to describe my addiction to surfing. I don't know how or why it happened. I just fell in love with it as a young teenager living in Michigan where (laughs) you cannot surf. (laughs) And 
Um, I always loved surf and skate culture. Um, and so it just, they went hand in hand and yeah, so I go as much as I can. I live an hour and a half, an hour and a half North of Los Angeles at the moment. And I am always looking at the surf forecast. I'm always calling my friends to see when and where we are going to get wet next. And <laughs> if they don't go, I will still drive an hour and a half to the beach and get in the water. I I'm love there. it. I love it. Well, so did you satisfy that itch a lot with skateboarding or ska like how, how I mean, I live in Montana and I love the beach. So I'm just trying to see like, how are you able to be okay with that all those years. You kind of have to be okay with it when you're living with your parents <laughs> as a kid. As a True. Kid, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I skateboarded a lot. We, <laughs> we would, we built a, a launch ramp at the end of our street and I would always skateboard down there and, you know, practice the skateboard moves and listen to, I think we were listening to glam rock at that point, <laughs> um, which is hilarious when I'm what Nine is year. glam rock? Well, I don't like, even know what that is. <laughs> like hair metal from the, the, oh, the 80s and 90s. big hair kind music. Of the stuff, okay. Kind of big the hair stuff rock. you might listen to if you're wearing your jacket right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Those are my people. Like that's, that's yeah. my high school days is that big hair rock. I love it. And Guns so that's, that's what you listen to. Yep. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses and <laughs> Def Leppard and, you know, all the stuff that would amp you up on a skateboard in the late <laughs> 80s. Um uh. And I, I did, I skateboarded all the time. And when spring break would come around, my family would go to Florida and we went to the Western side of Florida, the Gulf side, where there are zero waves for the most part, but there still were surf shops. And so I could see the images of people riding waves and I was just enthralled. I thought that mm. was so cool. And one year I begged my mom to, you know, take us to, the other side, Cocoa Beach, Orlando area. And I rented a surfboard, didn't know what I was doing, almost got swept away into the ocean because I didn't know how to catch a wave. But I still came out and was still addicted. I still wanted to go. So it, I don't know what it is, but I just absolutely love it. I've always been drawn to the water. So I love it. That's, that's so me. that's so awesome. I can completely relate. I've not been surfing, but I, um, I always tell my husband, like when we retire and have a beach place, I'm going to learn. So I'm going to be like 80 and learning how to surf. I'm pretty sure. But, um, but at 80, I want to be surfing. So if you yeah. see me down the road at 80 surfing, you know, like that's, that was my lifelong dream. So I love I, it. I love I it. I know a couple 80 year olds who surf. And that's one thing that I love about surfing so much is that there are babies in the water. Mm. And there are people who are 85 in the water and it's, it's kind of the fountain of youth. You know, if you figure out how to do it and it, it isn't so stressful on your body and which is why I do it because I can't do a lot of stressful, strenuous activities, right. um, you know, surfing can keep you young and it's very mental and it's very spiritual and it's very physical. And if you do it right, I think you can have I think you're going to be a great surfer at 80. I believe Gosh, it. I believe it too. You know, it's so funny. It just makes me want to like, what were, 
podcasting, whatever. I think we should like talk about how to learn how to surf uh, and and do that as a lifestyle. But you, you are know, opening a can of worms there, Tiffany. <laughs> I, I, will, I will take over this podcast and I will talk uh, about surfing. I love it. I love it. We'll have to have an episode in the future that's all about surfing. But 100%. so you know, I love. I know we met at a podcaster's uh, virtual convention, I guess. It was a virtual event. And one thing that really stood out to me about you was your enthusiasm about your podcast, but also connecting with other people uh, just in general. I feel like sometimes podcasters, you get this feeling of, you know, oh, they're trying to connect with people, but you feel like as podcasters, they're trying to connect. But I just really felt like you had this genuine spirit of, you just were digging, getting to be around all these people and things like that. And I, um, I got this sense that podcasting, you know, was, I just could see you. It looked like it was your outlet to do that. So it makes me want to know more right from you. Could you tell me about your podcast and, uh, and your connection to it? Sure. Um, so I started my show a little over a year ago with the encouragement of a friend of mine who's known me for a really long time. And she's seen me play music in Detroit and our bands have been on tour across the U S. Um, and so she's, and then she saw me come to Hollywood and have all these crazy jobs and, and work on TV shows and movies and do events and things like that. And I've learned from working all those jobs and from touring and, I have been able to connect with people in a really amazing way. And I guess I didn't really realize that I was developing this skill as I was doing it. But when you're on a gig and you're playing music and you have a fan, you know, you talk to them and it's not about the sale of your merchandise. It's about, we, we really like seeing you. Mm. We hope you to see you again, you know, and it's the same thing when you go to, if I'm hired at a party and I would be talking with guests at a party, it's, I'm not there to really sell myself. Although I kind of am because I want to sell myself as a little person, because I've realized that so many people have such little exposure. They have little experience and they have little education on what it's like to be a little person and what it's like to be an average height person who's friends with a little person. Right. And so this is the impetus for my show. I wanted to share my story. And then very quickly, I realized that my story is not the only story out there and shouldn't be the only one that's shared. I started to share what I was doing with some friends of mine and they instantly connected with what I was saying. The stuff that I thought was full of shame and full of, you know, stuffed in the closet buried at the very bottom, the, those feelings and those experiences. If, if I just brought one of those out and showed that card, I saw a connection. I saw a light go off in my friend's eyes who was, who are also short statured or with dwarfism. And they were talk to me and say, why do I connect with this so much? Why is my experience so similar to this? And then the light bulb went off in my head I have to interview these people. I have to give these people a voice. I have to share their experiences and expose what they've gone through and what they do because it's not just the day-to-day, -day, although that is extremely important to my show and what I do. Every single person that I that I showcase 
is incredible. Whether they have done incredible things in their lives, like being a stuntman or winning a silver medal or all these other things, but their lives are just, I feel like they're closed off and they're closed off on both sides because people, average height people don't want to ask and therefore little people don't really want to just put themselves out there. Mm. Um, and to be honest, it was a real struggle for me for a long time because I created all of the critiques and all of the things that I thought people would say about my show um, that kept me from releasing my show and wanting to share as much as I, I have. And I've, I've overcome that in big ways and I'm still overcoming that. Now I just, I want to just share everything I can about these folks. That's amazing. I mean, it really shows the vulnerability it because you're really just kind of putting something out there that I know, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I had, I had read too, where, you know, when you were young, you didn't even want to talk about it. You didn't want to bring that kind of thing up. And then now it, it, you know, it's come full circle where you want to bring it up and you want to talk about it. Yep. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely come full circle. When I was younger, I just wanted to be like everyone else, which is a rejection of my own self, right? Mm. It's, it's not accepting who I am. It's not believing in who I am. I believe I can do everything else, but I am like the rest of you. Mm. That's not the case. I'm not like the rest of you. You'll never understand my experience and I'm totally okay with that. And you should be too. But that doesn't mean there isn't a bridge of empathy that can happen. And that's my goal is to create a bridge between the average height world and little people. So just so there's there's understanding and seeing that, you know, there are two eyes in that skull and there's a person behind. Yeah. Well, one of the things before we really dig into like your podcast and your audience and things like that, I I just made me wonder too. So what are... you you mentioned earlier that there were questions that maybe weren't getting asked that you wanted to answer with your program. What can you give me an example of what you mean by that? I think it's it's just questions about they're very simple questions, I should say. It's how do you do this or how do you feel about how do you feel about the way someone approaches you? Um how do you want someone to call you, which is essentially, how do you want someone to see you? You know, there's, there are some disparaging terms like the word midget is offensive to little people. And even recently I've had people that I've been in discussion with say, Oh, that's an offensive term. I never meant to offend anyone, but I didn't actually know. And so when those questions aren't out there and the, it's not easy to talk about that. That makes it very difficult to, to bridge that gap. And I've had three major surgeries in my life. I always felt that with my peers and especially in my teenage years in college, I didn't want to talk about that. I didn't want to share what I went through because I felt it would bring down the vibe among Mm -hmm. my friends. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be pitied. I didn't want to feel like I needed this special attention. Um, and none of my guests, none of the people that I know want that either, but they also want to be heard and to be seen for 
someone who has had surgery and might not be able to function like an average height person or like an average abled person. Um, and, and that, that's an important part of your story and to not be able to share it. I think that's a, that's a tight cork on the bottle, you know? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting, you know, listening, I, I just keep thinking, you know, if you've had surgery, everybody needs that empathy and that understanding that, you know, there are, I mean, regardless of your, your size or stature, it's, you know, if you've just gone through surgery, there are things, there are limitations, there's pain, Mm -hmm. there's things. And to have to, you know, to have that feeling of needing to, um, kind of cope with it differently. And on top of just healing from it must, you know, it sounds like it would have been quite a challenge for sure. It it is a challenge. And I, I bring up this theme a lot where I say that little people have to grow up before everyone else. Mm. Because when you're six years old and you have to, at six, I had, I had already had four years of x-rays and limb measurements and range of motion tests and more x-rays. And we were driving from Detroit to Baltimore twice a year, which is a 12 hour drive, which for a three-year-old is not a normal thing, you know? Right. And then it's like, I'm sitting in a business meeting for my skeletal future. (laughs) Uh, And it's, it's not, Oh, Christoph, you can't, don't worry about it. You, you don't have to be involved in this meeting. It's like, no, you're the one that's getting cut open and whose bones are getting broken and whose bones are getting, you know, stitched up and you're being in a, you're going to be in a cast for three months and then go through physical therapy. And so whether it's the surgery or not, little people still I'll still stand by my statement that little people still have to grow up before everyone else, because even Mm. socially we have to explain ourselves when we get called out, when we get made fun of, or when someone asks, why aren't you as tall? You know, it's, it's what we have to do. It's not right. So it takes a lot of emotional maturity as well early on versus just getting to not worry about that kind of thing. So, so young. So, you know, um, and, and just, you know, I just want to encourage everybody too, as you're listening, um, you know, be sure to check out Christoph's podcast, but Christoph, why don't you tell me, first of all, who is your target audience for your show? I am nailing this down. I think it's twofold. I want to appeal directly to little people. If I don't make a show that little people say, yeah, this is honest and this is right then I'm failing, you know, Mm. I'm, I'm not doing a good job because there have been reality shows. There've been terrible portrayals of little people in the media um, very recently. And I'm not, it is not my goal to contribute to that portrayal of us. And so number one is to little people. Number two is to the average height community that, wants to be educated, wants to have some exposure, wants to hear some incredible stories because the people that I'm talking to have lived incredible lives and they're, they're, they have families and they do incredible work and their spirits and their personalities are huge. And I, I just feel like people, 
at all are just going to benefit from hearing a voice that has what my guests have to say. Mm. Mm. I love it. So, um, and, and now too, do you have a job in addition to this or have you been able to monetize it and live like where, and I feel like I'm talking on behalf of all podcasters. Don't we all like sure. to know? So do you do this for a full-time living? Is um, So where are you at with all that? At the moment, this is what I'm doing and I am not making a living at it. It is very tough. Um, prior to podcasting as much as I am slash full-time now, um, I was working as an actor and an enter- entertainer in Los Angeles. And because it is uh, the time of COVID and pandemic, my work has all it's stopped. And Mm. so I haven't worked since February, which is nine months ago. Um, so my money is, uh, coming from my bank account at the moment. Oh gosh, gosh. And, And so it is, it is really, really tough. I've, I've been, in LA for the better part of 11 years. And so I know that there are, there are opportunities there. So I'm really, I'm trying my best to not leave Los Angeles, but it's a slog, you know, you mm-hmm. have to really go for, go for it and go for what you believe in and go for what you want to do. And one thing that was difficult for me is I felt like I was all over the place doing acting jobs, auditioning, working event jobs. Um, I also do video production. So I would want to shoot um, videos or edit videos. I've also dabbled a little bit in animation. I've sold photography. I'm a drummer. I feel like this is everybody's story in LA. We have yeah. you know, all of Gotta these be ta- scrappy. tags attached to us. That like, oh, you want that? Okay, I'm going to polish up in two minutes, two hours, <laughs> and I'll be there for you. I can do this, you know? Yeah. And I've also just had a really difficult time finding a job at um, an established company. It's Mm. because I've worked so many odd jobs and been in so many different capacities. It's been so hard for me to find a path that, you know, I'm 41 and I'm college educated. And I feel like I just don't get a shake when I send in when I click send on my resume and cover letter to, you know, whatever company, um, it's, yeah. it's just, I feel like these episodes all need to go into a time machine so that in the future, <laughs> all our, all our kids and grandkids can look back and go, Oh, that's what it was like during the days of COVID. Yeah, yes, people, COVID. this is, this is real life. This is what, you know, and, and I feel like that's, what's important too. That's why I'm so excited about, like I was telling you earlier, the series that we're doing right now, where it's like real stories. I mean, mm-hmm. um, podcasting's great and it's fun and, you know, it's good when you're either supporting a business, you know, like growing a business with it, or if you have a job that, you know, but right now with COVID, like you said, it just adds this whole layer of complexity that is just so different. So, um, it just, it also impresses me even more that I met you at, a at a event, like a podcasting event, because you're sharpening that saw. So what would you, I mean, it just kind of leads me to ask, like, what did you, was there anything you were able to take away from, that, um, that event that has helped you as you're moving forward with your podcast? 
the number one thing is be a guest on as many podcasts <laughs> as you possibly can. And awesome. that has been awesome. I've, uh, this is my sixth one, I think since the, the conference and I have five more lined up after this. So Good. that's been, that's been amazing. Um, your question about who your target audience is, I need to make an avatar. I kind of want to actually, I'd love to ask you, I'm sure you have created an avatar for your shows. Can you have two avatars? Um, I would say that, I mean, I, I, you know what, honestly, I'm just gonna give you the real answer. Marketers don't hate on me for this at all. Cause I don't think it's going to be super popular, but I believe that you can have two avatars if you have a thread that everybody's still on the same track. Mm -hmm. You can't please both masters, but if you're target is that you want to get everybody on that same path, I think you're golden. And so, um, you know, there's definitely a specific person if you're, you know, wanting people to be enlightened about how to get along, you know, there's definitely a way to approach, uh, you know, advertise people so that to bring them in while you're still representing well, um, you know, little people. I just, I think that there's a really there's a good opportunity, but you just have to understand that there's one message. Mm -hmm. If you have two messages, it's going to be tough. But if you're, if you're like, no, I want everybody on this road. And this is what this type of person would be that they would be looking at it. I mean, I know that, you know, big marketing firms who work for big companies, I guarantee they have multiple avatars, mm -hmm. but okay. they do have one message and it's, you know, it's very clear and focused. So yeah. that would be my advice. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that helps. Thanks yeah. for letting me tap your, uh, your, your shop brain on that one. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Um, I'm actually hoping that we have more conversation. I feel like it's just so useful. I, first of all, um, I love talking about podcasting, so yeah. it's fun, but then also I just feel like, um, you know, I, I think it's really smart that you're looking for more, you know, it's not, and I would just encourage everybody to adopt that mentality where it's, you know, if you're stuck, if you really like podcasting, there's a way, I mean, mm -hmm. um, I think that it's just not, Oh, you can't always see it immediately. So, um, so with your podcast, where are you with it? Because it seemed like there was a, a minute, first of all, I'm going to ask you this, but I feel like all the pod, not all the podcasters, but there are so many podcasters out there who are either just starting out or they're just like, you know, everybody took this big rush in March and April and May and June and got, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. Now everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to regroup, yep. but that is podcasting like yep. that. That's what I've been. I love it. Like, that's what I love about it. You think about it, you watch TV and you're watching it, you know, every Wednesday and then suddenly it's not on. And then the next one, they have a special episode. Like they don't tell you ahead of time. Like they're like, if you're watching, here's the ride we're going to take you on. And yep. I trust them. Like I, I, you know, if you like the program, you're going to do that. So, so I don't want you to feel like I'm asking you this, like it's some kind of weird thing that's happening. Um, it, it, I feel like it's common. Their podcasts are like living, breathing things that you have yeah. to nurture and learn from and then do better, you know? Yeah. So, so tell me where you're at with your podcast and where do you see your next steps? Cool. I am currently on a three month hiatus from releasing shows. I met with a woman who from the conference 
um, she was very gracious to have a, a one-on-one meeting with me and she suggested that I take three months off end my season and regroup everything. I have a, a number of things to clean up and then in three months, start season two. And it was, it's the best advice I think I have ever received because my podcast is, is doing well. I love my show. I'm very proud of it, but I, you know, ran in the door without knowing what I was getting into for sure. And I have audio production background. So, you know, that wasn't really an issue and I know how to edit and set up a mic and stuff, but hosting and talking with folks and having a format and avatars and stuff, those aren't things that I, that I'd thought of. So I, I finished my season, my show for the most part is two and three part interviews with one person, which uh, works when you are displaced multiple times and you have to move and put, you know, pack your life up and reestablish in a new place for two months um, and then do it again. Um, And so it, it worked for the way my life was, but I'm, I'm changing my format. I'm going to do one episode per person or one person per episode. And then I have ideas for intermittent episodes that are shorter that actually bring in average height folks and ask questions directly to little people. And there's a conversation and story and just an eye opening, um, uh, moment there and you do not have to answer me but i would love to invite you on to be on one of the shows if you would so uh if you would like to oh yeah i'd love to yeah no i'm i'm always game for for that kind of thing so that yeah no awesome. i'd be happy to so yeah okay well that awesome <laughs> <laughs> i feel like okay this is feeling less interview and more phone call but i love it i love it this is like i said it's real life it's so great so so first of all what okay when did tell me again when you started your podcast i think i released the the trailer in september 2019 and then the the intro episode was November 2019, I believe. I had an issue getting into Apple Podcasts and I really didn't want to do a huge social media release until I, Apple was lined up. And gotcha. I don't understand. Maybe it was an email issue. I don't really know, but it took five weeks to get okay. to get uploaded on, or um, populated on Apple. <clears throat> okay. And so have you been weekly were you weekly from then on out until you took your break? I I was almost never weekly. Okay. <laughs> um, and consistency was, <clears throat> excuse me, consist- consistency was the worst part of my show. I started out with a co-host, which was great. She's the person who uh, encouraged me to start the show. And I really liked having her energy. She was an average height female who's also a mom of two. And I thought that perspective was really, really great. She also has a full-time job. And again, I mentioned two kids. So she ended up not being able to continue with my show. So that mentally set me back big time because I was like, what is my show without her? I don't know Mm -hmm. 
I can't do it myself. I don't want it to be a rabbit hole of little people. Like this is too difficult. And we had some, my first guest was my mom and it's a beautiful interview. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's really nice to have two moms on the show and there's, there's great reactions and whatever. I really, I, I, I got stuck in that mindset that it had to be this. And so it took me a long time to pull myself out and just realize I could do it on my own. Mm. The thing that I, the, one of my biggest problems is it's not ready yet. I can't release it. It's not ready yet. I can't release <laughs> it. It's that perfection uh, hamster wheel. Right. And I just have to get over it. I just have to put it out there and maybe the audio isn't the best. Maybe my mixing isn't the best. It's maybe the editing, whatever, just get it out there, move on to the next one. It's, mm -hmm. it That's just so true. gets better the more you do it. And now my shows, I, I love the way they sound when I go back and listen to the earlier ones, you know, <laughs> it's funny but, how that works, right? It's funny <laughs> it's how like, that works. Cause you're always so much harder on yourself. And I, I do that all the time where it's like, Oh, I thought that was horrible, but that's not too shabby. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, the content is what saves any of those audio mm. issues at least for my show mm -hmm. the conversation is real the conversation is good and it's it it's you know it's, it's about it, it's it is it's what it's about it's real it's what the whole the whole purpose of my show is and so um but yeah just knowing it's a process you're not going to nail it on day one or day 10 i think i think you had a guest on that said your first one's going to suck. Your second one's going to suck. Your third <laughs> one's going to suck. You're lucky if your 10th one doesn't suck. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just, yep. <laughs> it's just this process that you have to, you have to resign yourself to the process and believe in the process and just go for it. You know, you know, it's funny. I work with, I work with podcasters who are um, like at every stage of their own confidence and, you know, yes. accomplishment. Like I've worked with people who it's like, getting out in front of people's crazy, but, oh, I'm going to do it for a podcast all the way up to people who are accomplished speakers and, you know, really have a handle on things. And a lot of people look up to them and I don't care who they are when they're getting ready for those interviews, when I'm walking them through like, okay, now you, you now you're going to set some interviews and then we're, and, and they're just, you can tell, they feel like I don't, I shouldn't be nervous what's this weird feeling I feel right now? I'm yeah. like, it, it's called nervous and you're going to be fine. Just, but I always <laughs> say like, just go do it. I had one friend kept putting it off and I'm like, dude, seriously, just press record, release it. Stop, you know, stop it because it's yep. true. Um, number one, the show's better than you think it is, mm -hmm. you know? So even when you release it, it's better, but then second, um, it's going to continue to get better. I mean, yep. you're going to hear yourself and start getting rid of some of the vocal bad habits we all have and things like that. But well, what is, what's, have you, what is a beneficial quantifiable outcome that you've been able to enjoy from your podcast? Um, connecting with new people. Mm. I think that's, that's the best. And in a, in some of the most valuable ways there was a woman who I, I post, I post a short video story 
when I released a new episode and there was a woman that con commented on Instagram on the story and she's mentioned something about dating and that, um, and we messaged back and forth. I ended up asking for her phone number because I, I, she's a little person and I thought maybe I'd have her on the show. And I, we agreed to a phone call. I called her up. Um, she had not listened to any of my episodes and I, you know, I'm interested in people's stories and I, <laughs> she was just skeptical about listening to a show about little people because there's so much out there that she didn't want to hear about hmm. little people. And I didn't have to convince her. I didn't try to convince her, I guess I wanted to convince her, but I just said, you know, listen to the trailer. If you hate it, I, you know, I don't, that's fine. I I'm proud of it. And I hope it just resonates with you. She listened to the entire season oh. and wrote the nicest comment on my Apple podcast page that said, you know, I, I didn't want to like this show or I didn't think I was going to like this show, but now I feel like I have all these friends that I just haven't oh, met yet. Oh, that is beautiful. Wow. That's and, amazing. And she wrote me another thing that said, well, I guess season one is done. So now I have to just go back and re-listen to all of the episodes until <laughs> season two comes out. And that, um, that's huge to me. That is, that is incredible. And it tells me that I'm doing something that I, I like to do and that other people will benefit from. Oh, that's so great. Well, that's so great. And, um, I, you know, I feel like this is really a good example to anyone who is podcasting. I feel like, you know, we're always trying to get this quick fix or, you know, I'm going to do a podcast. It's going to save, you know, solve all my problems, but you know, at the end of the day, as cliche and maybe even boring as it sounds, it really is the relationships. I, I mean, you've listened to our show, so you've probably heard me say it 150 times, but yeah. at the end of the day, when, if you podcast, you know it. So no matter how many times you hear it, you know, that that's still the truth, that it really is those moments. And I mean, that's amazing. Like to hear somebody say that, that would just be incredible. Well, what is, so at the end of the day, if you could give another podcaster a piece of advice or even a piece of advice that right now is your number one thing that you want to follow to get the result out of your show that you want, what would that be? I would say, do your research, do the research that's right for you. I'm almost finished with a book called Make Noise. And it's such a good book when it comes to addressing the audience, uh, how to tell a story, how to interview someone, how to pitch the show. It's, it's, it's everything in there except for the real techie stuff with audio, okay. which you can find that stuff virtually anywhere. But I think it's really important to read and listen and listen to other shows that you like. I've stolen four or five ideas just from other random shows and mm. implemented them into mine. And I'm still going to keep stealing because <laughs> other people have really good ideas. I might steal something from your show because I really like how you have a snippet of the guest at the top <laughs> of the show 
And I haven't done that yet. And I need to figure have, out. Have you listened to my interview with uh, Ashley Cheney? I don't. It, it gives I... away where I got that idea. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> so it just proves like all these ideas that you want to steal, they probably stole it from someone else. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. I mean, I've stolen stuff from NPR. I've stolen stuff from small podcasts that people, I don't even remember. It's, I, uh, I prefer emulate, you know, I prefer to look at it like we're looking at what works and we're doing those things. So let's call it handpick. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I think that that's very, actually very smart. So, um, yeah. and so what do you think, um, as you're watching shows and I mean, you're in the community, I feel like you're in all these podcasting communities, What's one thing that you feel like really sets apart the high traffic podcast versus the obscure? Can you, I, have you noticed a thread? I mean, tell me the magic bullet. What do you say? No. Right. <laughs> no, but what's, is there something that, that you've seen that you feel like is the common denominator? I, I, might, I might be too new to the, to the community to actually answer that adequately, but I can say from what I've learned from listening to your show and listening to other people's shows and listening to um, high traffic shows and stuff that I am specifically interested in, I, th I think it's accessibility. Mm. You know, I, I think the, the number one thing is just don't alienate your your listeners mm. include your listeners in whatever it is that you want to share and what it is that, that you want to get across to them. Because I think if you have too many inside jokes or you have too many, too many things that, that don't include what your community is, you're going to, you're going to push them far away. And I, I like to think that I play around with that on my show a little bit because I try not to spell everything out. I'm not your parent. I'm not there to get you to understand every single thing about everything. I'm not the one that's going to mansplain or dadsplain <laughs> to you. Um, but I will tell you stuff that you probably don't know about and I would like for you to know about. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like that is a fun game for me in my own world and in my show where I can, you know, say like, okay, the listener is smart enough to, to get this. I don't have to, I don't have to drill this home, but if there is something I want to drill home, then I hope they allow me the grace to go ahead and do that. Oh, that's great. That is so good. Well, Christoph, I really appreciate you sharing all this. I think it's just so good to get insight from somebody in the trenches, you know, um, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on my podcast. I'm kind <laughs> of a big deal. It's everywhere. And social media, big deal pod. That is uh, for Instagram at big deal pod, Facebook at big deal pod. You can also go to my Patreon, if I can say that on yes, here. Yes, you my absolutely pa can. Patreon.com slash big deal pod. Oh, that's awesome. Well, good, good, good. Okay, so I do have one more question that I find to be a very important one, quite honestly. I am a huge foodie. And so you've, 
you've seen, you've heard my show, so you already know what's coming, but I love good food. What is your favorite restaurant and what do you order when you go there? My favorite restaurant, it, it fluctuates right now. I'm going to say it is Mendocino farms in LA. Mm. And my favorite sandwich there is the pork belly banh mi. Oh my goodness. <laughs> because it's spicy and sweet and it's it's amazing. And That's can awesome. I toss it back t- at you? Because yeah. I haven't been to Montana and I would love to. <laughs> well, I think I've driven through Montana on tour, but I haven't properly been to Montana. What is your favorite restaurant and what do you get where, where you go? Oh, that's so nice. Well, I, if you're on I-90 driving through Montana, like most people do. And it's not too windy because I know it gets too windy. Yeah. (laughs) Especially where I'm about to tell you. So we live in Billings, Montana, which is, it's central, but they call it East because, you know, there's really nothing past. There's hardly any, there's a lot past us, but there's not much. I mean, um, even in North Dakota, they're over here shopping, you know? So, um, but I love the food in Bozeman, Montana, which is like three hours from here. And we just went there this weekend. In fact, just because I was like, I just want to go have sushi. Can we go to Bozeman? And so, um, and they have a toy store there, but I love, I love seven and there are a few, I, there are like three dishes we order every single time we get the spicy tuna, um, roll. And, um, I don't know, that's really my favorite, but in yeah. Billings right now, and this changes, I would have to say Enzo Bistro chicken. They have chicken risotto and it's really good. So yeah. now I'm starving. So you and surfing, that's me and food. Like I could literally sit here and talk all no, day about food. <laughs> no, food is the same with me. Surfing is surfing's different than food. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go toe to toe with food. <laughs> that's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christophe, for being here. I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I loved it. Yeah. And I think, I feel like you gave us some really good takeaways of wish, especially when it comes to just like get out there and do it. Um, and then two, just connecting, you know, being vulnerable, this idea of having a show where you're sharing something that there was a time where you didn't even really want to talk about it or acknowledge it. And then just to kind of have it hanging out there and going, I mean, and, and then looking kind of into this whole other person who's on the show, who it sounds like she had the same struggle as you, where she didn't, she's like, I don't want to listen to your show. I don't want to have to think about it. So I feel like there's just so much more to it than just having a podcast or what the outcome is. It's, you know, it's really, I mean, honestly, it's going to sound really corny, but I feel like you're changing lives and it's like, how many lives do you change before it matters? Well, one, right? So it's almost yep. like traffic almost doesn't matter. It's just about being able to change their lives. And then, you know, making sure that you can ha- have a place to live on top of it. So, well, <laughs> and that, that part's definitely a journey. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, you can move. That's what moving is for. It's fine. <laughs> that's but, what moving's for. <laughs> but what, but what, what you touched on, you know, changing lives and, and it's one person at a time podcasting has, and, I, and I'm not at the point where I can talk about specifics yet, but it's, it's made me think about how I can do bigger things beyond mm-hmm. podcasting, not sitting behind a mic, but I, my life has been interacting with people in so many different ways. And so through podcasting and through the 
seeing the reaction that I'm getting and the response that I'm getting from, from different people who have been scared to ask questions or didn't know how to approach anything or all of this, it's giving me so many ideas for outreach and new jobs and Mm -hmm. new, new output to, to create. And that is one of the coolest things um, and I don't know where any of that is going to go, but I'm really excited about it. Sounds like an amazing journey. So, well, thank you again. Thank you so much to everyone who's listening. Thank you to our outstanding team. And remember the best really is yet to come. Happy podcasting. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening and happy podcasting.